6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. All right, with some scary moments for an Edmonton moment or for an Edmonton woman the other night, she was out walking her dog in the Forest Heights neighborhood, East Central Edmonton, overlooking the River Valley when they were, uh, well, they had a, a run-in with some coyotes. And then all of a sudden I was approached by another dog. And so I was looking for its humans, reached out and it just went poof and growling and I was like wow that's not a dog at all it was a coyote and that's when I heard the growling behind me and felt one of them brush past my legs so I started screaming like a banshee and uh, just kicking screaming and charging at them because they continued to come at us. Well, apparently this time of year is the worst time to encounter coyotes. Dr. Colleen Cassidy-St. Clair is a professor of biological sciences at the University of Alberta, part of a team of researchers working with the city of Edmonton and the International Urban Wildlife Information Network to study urban wildlife through the Urban Coyote Project, been able to find out lots of things as well. Welcome back to the show. Oh, hello there, Jalen. Thank you for your interest. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's something else because I think more and more people, are, or we're seeing, it seems to be that we're seeing more and more coyotes in the city. Am I wrong on that front? Yeah, it is uh, the case that we have an increase in reports over years. We've documented that with uh, the reports people have made to uh, the Edmonton Urban Coyote Project website. Um, a student named Jonathan Farr has worked through those 8,000 reports to show yeah. that, yes, there's a positive trend over time <laughs> of, of more or more reports coming in and, and bolder behavior by those coyotes. All right, so this time of year, um, you know, a little bit more sketchy to run into a, to a coyote than others because it is, what, pup-rearing season? Yep, that's exactly right. Pup-rearing season, when they've got their little kids in the den, the, those little kids, those pups are just starting to come out, so they're <laughs> a bit like those children in the car you just <laughs> mentioned. They're they're able to get into new kinds of mischief and danger, and that can make parents even, even more um, aggressively defensive of them, a little bit more proactive in defending them from would-be competitors or predators. And so although there are fewer reports at this time of year compared to, say, the fall when mm-hmm. animals are, are dispersing, those reports tend to have higher ratings of boldness by coyotes at defensive behavior. The, that area where this happened, which was the, the, forest, uh, the forest park uh, area, um, kind of you know, close to the, to the River Valley, and I, I suspect that that plays a big role in, in uh, well, the River Valley, of course, plays a big role. It's a wildlife corridor, but would play a big role role with uh, more coyotes being seen in that area? Yeah, for sure it does. Forest Heights is a recurrent area that gets attention every year, and I'm not quite sure why that is relative to other parts of the River Valley, but one contributor might be that there's a big section of eroded bank there, the trail is closed, and uh, that would make for extra secure conditions for coyotes, and Mm. it it might embolden them a bit relative to places where they're used to to having people around and and having to share space with people. That's just a guess. That particular park is kind of stuck between the River Valley and Capilano Ravine and so both of those probably funnel coyotes through that area. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, uh, we heard uh, Stephanie McIntyre saying that she kicked up a big fuss and it made lots of noise. Um, did she handle it properly and, and what should we be doing? Yeah, I'm super 
super impressed by her reaction. I've never been in a mosh pit, but those sound terrifying to me too. <laughs> and that's what she described herself as doing. So, yeah, kudos to Stephanie because I think it takes a lot of courage in those moments to react that way. But that is the best way to react to to teach the coyotes that they they really can't trust people. They can just go ballistic on them, and they and they're to be feared. That protects not only Stephanie and her dog, but you know, it gives them pause in the next interaction with people and their pets. So the more people that we have treating coyotes in this very aggressive way when they approach closely, the more we can expect them to, to avoid close approaches to people. I think one of the last times that we we talked to Colleen, I'd had a run in out near my place with my dog in a, in a field and, yeah. and, I, and I saw the coyote coming towards us and I turned around and, you know, I'm walking and, and it, it kind of, kind of hunkered down and was moving in a little bit faster and I picked up my dog Bo Breeze and and I ran because <laughs> I was scared but I think <laughs> I'm not supposed to run like that's one of the your pieces of advice is don't run yeah quite true it's a hard <laughs> thing to resist when you feel frightened but uh coyotes catch their prey by running them down yeah. uh, in another project of ours we just witnessed it where they ran down outran a ground squirrel and ate it so they're they're just so deeply wired to do that yeah. as soon as you start to run you you they almost can't help themselves i think in chasing and that's the last thing we want yeah, well, I, th- I think I almost, uh, yeah, I was out of breath, terrified, in tears, um, you know, out of shape, carrying a 40-pound dog. It was, it was, <laughs> oh ugly. My gosh. It was ugly all the way around, but uh, thankfully uh, we, we got, it out, got out of that pretty safe. Just before I let you go, you know, you talk about, you know, carrying something uh, when you're going out for a walk, and I think most people think, hey, I'm just going to go out for a walk. It's, it's fine. I mean, I do it all the time, but the fact is, is that the coyotes are coming into neighborhoods. We're seeing a lot more urban uh, coyotes. It is important to have something with you just in case. Yeah, it's a good idea. The the tool we've been recommending and that we've used in a coyote aversive conditioning project is a tennis ball filled with sand and with bits of flagging tape poked into it. So when you throw this at the at the coyote, it 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 flaps a flag and looks like an animate object. We, we think that's quite frightening, but uh, there's lots of studies that suggest throwing things at animals, uh, not allowed to shoot them with paintballs, for example, is, is more frightening than just yelling at them. Mm. So trying to frighten them is the thing that would increase their wariness. Gina just texted in. She wants to know if bear spray uh, was good with, is, is good on coyotes. Well, it would deter them for sure, but you have to be so close to an animal before bear spray bear spray can be used effectively and then the wind has to be right mm. you have to remember to take off the clip yeah. and you have to overcome the fact that it's illegal in the city so oh, <laughs> most okay. cities anyway so bear spray isn't ideal for a whole bunch of reasons and uh, throwing something has the advantage that you can you can treat that coyote at a much greater distance if you practice a bit you know you can you can manage third base to to first base kind of distances with a baseball with incredible accuracy before I let you go this this just you know I, I shake my, my, my fist at the, at the sky and I shake my head when I hear stuff like this as people in our daughter's building are feeding them, throwing food oh, off the balcony. That uh, is going to take a whole city effort to get rid of that behavior. It's, it's well-intentioned by the people who do it and, and some compassion for their intentions, I guess, is warranted. But it's so important that folks understand that is, that is to sign a death warrant for the, 
coyotes because mm-hmm. it always produces conflict behavior and often lethal management is the only solution when animals yeah. become food conditioned. So don't do it. Don't and, feed them. And keep in mind too, if you have dog food out on a back deck or something like that too, I'm guessing. Yeah, quite right. Dog food we found in coyote stomachs and uh, that we were analyzing for other reasons that carcasses given to us, but all kinds of things people wouldn't guess. Compost, bird mm. feed, fruit trees, all <laughs> kinds of garbage, of course, and things you wouldn't even think they could eat, like drywall and leather gloves. <laughs> Sounds like my dog. It <laughs> Sounds like my, like my dog. All right. You know what, Dr. Cassie St. Clair, always enjoy our conversations. Thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Jalen. Thanks again for your interest. Yeah, all the best. That is Dr. Colleen Casty St. Clair, who knows a lot about coyotes. And uh, someone says air horn. Yeah, air horn. You got to make noise, right? That's one of the things that she's saying. Make noise. Throw things. You know, tennis balls with a sand in them. Make sure you have a stick with you. Um, even rocks, right? But one of the things is don't run. I busted through. I came out of this canola field. It was a stubble field. It had been all cut down. And I had this, my dog in my arms. And here I am, overweight, 48-year-old at that time. Just my, my eyes are watering. It was cold out. And <laughs> I busted through the trees like some explorer who had never seen the light of day. And across the street, my neighbor was walking his dog. And he just looked up and he's like, you okay? <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. But I was terrified, terrified for those few moments because, gosh, that coyote was uh, was doubling down on the two of us. Man, he wouldn't have had enough food for days.